Oh my gosh. She has done the unstoppable. Our locker room ladies. Two touchdowns. They're getting hot right now at the right time. My name's Maddie. My name's Charlotte Payne. This is Locker Room Ladies. Go Canes. Welcome back to Locker Room Ladies. Thank you guys so much for joining us again. My name's Charlotte Payne. I can't believe it. It was just Halloween. There were the trick-or-treaters out. They were so adorable. Oh, my God. Charlotte, when we first started this podcast, it was 2020. Can you believe it? Like, we we were – I think we launched our first episode in 2021, but we were behind the scenes in 2020, which is crazy because now we're two years into this. We are in co- two completely different places from where we were when we when we started this whole journey, and so weird. We're still here every week, you guys. Episode ninety six. Can you believe it? It's starting to be that time where we get a little, you know, introspective and taking a look back. It's about that time of year, guys. We're almost to our one hundredth episode. Our one hundredth episode bonanza. That's crazy. that's gonna be crazy. Very exciting stuff on the horizon. Who's who's excited? I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited too, Charlotte. It's been a blast and I cannot believe how quickly the first hundred episodes have gone in this journey and I can't wait for it to keep going. But we have so much to talk about, Charlotte. This is, let me just tell you, we've had sports purgatory. We've talked about sports purgatory. We've talked about being in this zone where there is just no sports to talk about. I mean, we lived through 2020 when there were literally no sports. What did we do? Now, Charlotte, we are in the era of the sports equinox. I love that. We're in the era of the sports equinox. And so, Charlotte, there was supposed to be an equinox or sports equinox on Halloween. A sequinox, if you will. No. On Halloween? Okay, it was supposed to be, right, so a sports equinox is whenever there are NHL, MLB, NBA, and NFL games all on the same day, and it's very rare, because when you think about that, yeah, it ha- the, the dominoes all have to fall into place, because these seasons, mm-hmm. I think the intention is for them not all to overlap too much, because we want right. to have sports all year round, so Halloween was supposed to be a sports equinox, However, (laughs) however, the Phillies Astros World Series game did get postponed due to rain. So that one actually was a false alarm. No sports equinox, technically. None. However, Charlotte, as as you listeners are here, it is now November 3rd. This is our Locker Room Ladies episode. Thursday, November 3rd is the last scheduled sports equinox of 2022. Wait, it's on Thursday? On Thursday. It's on Locker Room Ladies Thursday, you guys. Also, they say in this article that other sports can get involved in the sports equinox, but the big four are the central players that that make up a sports equinox. We're going to throw in the Locker Room Ladies. I was going to say, hello. Bonus equinox. We love it here, Charlotte. We love it. And... To talk about like how rare this is, I mean, you think, okay, we've had, I think a few of them this year, which is kind of wild, but we're going into the 29th sports equinox of all time. 
in history since 1971 when that first happened. And that's pretty cool because we're still, that's less than 30 sports equinoxes that have happened ever. Doesn't this give Scorigami energy to you? Scorigami. Yes. It gives me um a spiritual vibe. It, it, it's something about the sun and the moon and the <laughs> earth like, and the stars. Like everything's aligning. It's like, Charlotte, do you know, for example, do we have it this year? I think there was one this year when you had like, February 22nd, 2022, and it's like 22222. Two, 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 two. Yes. And when we had 1111, 2011, mm. we got like 111. We had all those days, you know, because we yes. have those cool things. It's like yeah, yeah, when yeah. you get to that day, everyone's talking about how this day is like once in, in 300 million years and it's not going to happen again and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, what do I do with that information? Right? Like, like, <laughs> you never want to mentalize it. It's like, I, it's cool that I'm experiencing this moment in history, but what am I supposed to do with that? Like the day is going to end yeah. it's 24 hours. You know, it's funny because it's a part of history, but when we learn about history, we never learn about the last time it was 2-2-22. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> the last sports equinox, but they should teach that because that's kind of cool. Another reason that it is so rare is because they really only have between mid-October and the very beginning of November to happen because right since the first sports equinox in 1971 and because of the way that the schedules work with like the NBA and the NHL happening in mid to late October the MLB postseason is winding down at that time the NFL does right. happen throughout the whole sports equinox time uh 26 of the 29 sports equinoxes that have occurred in history happen between October 12th and November 4th. So only three Ooh, of them. So we're in the hot spot. We're in the hot spot. It's like we're you got hurricane season, you got the rain, <laughs> season, you got wildfire season, you got sports equinox season. And we are That's winding awesome. that down on Locker Room Ladies yeah, Thursday with the 29th sports equinox in history. Love it. Love and it. Love it. Love it. Maddie, in the 96th episode of Locker Room Ladies, also it's daylight savings time this weekend. So I Amazing. feel like that's something it's, weird. It stars it. Mer Mercury's in Gatorade. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All of the things are thinging. It's all happening. It's happening. You know what I mean? We've had multiple episodes, I think, called It's Happening. But sports equinox, it's guys. Something's always happening. I love it. <laughs> Speaking of history, we have to get into this, Maddie. Our locker room lady, excuse me, our locker room Ooh. ladies of I the week, it. they are a very special group of champions. The Portland Thorns just won their third national title, their NWSL national title. Is that redundant? I put two nationals in there. Whatever. They're, they're champions. They are champions. They just defeated the Kansas City current two to nothing in the championship game on CBS. Very exciting. Congratulations to those women. Maddie, we got to break down the history of this because this game was a very impactful one. And speaking of overlap on games, historically, the NWSL championship game has been in competition with games like the World Series, NFL Sundays. And this year, um, it actually set a record for the most watched game in league history with almost a million views. Almost um, a million. We got to hit a million on the next one. We got to hit a million. Have to hit 915,000 viewers. Yeah. So there must not have been any overlap issues there. So that's very exciting. 
But Maddie, let's break it down because there's a lot of history that was made. And I'm very excited for these ladies. Love it. Maddie, so their head coach, Rianne Wilkinson, became the second... Follow me with this because this is a lot to digest right here because it's so incredible. (laughs) She became the second female head coach in NWSL history to win a championship in her first season. The other head coach to do that was Cindy Parlo-Cone, and she did it in 2013, and she did it with the Portland Thorns. I mean, this team has got, like, the shamrock of luck on them. It's it's I love it. Thorns. And I love it. Even on top of that, it's like bonus locker room ladies because we're getting the head coaches to be the first woman, too. That's Charlotte, CEOs of the first woman, too. Yeah, wait, did we change our bios? I did. No, I I forgot to. I will. I I forgot to. I forgot to. Okay, so we'll do that. And speaking of some more locker room ladies, we'll introduce another one to you guys. MVP of the season, Sophia Smith. She scored one of the two goals in the game, and she actually became the youngest player to score in a league final. She's 22. She's 22 years old. That's and crazy. She's, MVP. she's, she's really insane. That's um, crazy. So, so congratulations to all of the women involved in that entire organization, all the women and men involved in that organization. It's a very important one, especially um, after the um, – Everything came out about the investigations of systemic abuse in the NWSL. So this is a really special one for the league. It it kind of brings a little bit of light back into the league. So we're very excited to talk about something good when we talk about the NWSL finally again. For sure. For sure. Super cool. Next year, Charlotte, I think we need to make it a personal goal to help get that that number two, yes. a million. <laughs> Next year, we're going to be promoting. Well, we turn on every know, TV. You only have to know 85,000 people, Charlotte. So okay, I we think can figure that out. if we start working now, we have a year <laughs> to boost that number up. And that's that's assuming that all 915,000 people that watch this year will be watching again. Mm-hmm. And I'm optimistic. I think we can do Me it, too. Charlotte. <laughs> Let's try to get those numbers up. Yeah, let's be one of the 85,000. That was really quick math, by the way. Is that, is that the right Charlotte. math? Because that math does not come Charlotte, you're I'm, I'm, no, I'm not doubting you. Oh, my God, no. I just, I'm like, wow, that's impressive. I'm, I'm, Thank you. This is, this is a great day for, for math and, and the planets and the stars and the, the thorns. History. I mean, it's great all around. <laughs> well. <laughs> Welcome back to Locker Room, ladies. Thank you guys so much for hanging in for that break. Charlotte. I don't know about you, but I'm wondering if this is just a me thing or if this is an everybody Mm. thing. I don't know if it's denial or if it's the opposite of denial or if it's just pure blind optimism or false hope. But Mm. whenever one of the teams that you root for makes a personnel decision or changes up the roster, does something at the trade deadline that initially shocks you. Do you, you almost, do you feel like you almost go through the five stages of grief just at a very rapid pace? Like you, you hear about it and you're like, oh my gosh, how could they do that? And then you start reading about it and then you kind of get mad. And then you're like, this is such a, this is such a key player. And then you're sad about it. And then you're like, denying it you're like it's fine and then and then you just accept it and and I'm to the point where I again I don't know if it's just blind optimism but I get to this point when things like this happen where I am in a state of just 
convincing myself that this was the absolute key to our season and we just made the most brilliant <laughs> genius decision ever and that was the exact problem and they fixed it and all is going to be fine uh, and that's your final step of your agree <laughs> that's where i'm at right now charlotte okay. and i was just wondering okay. if you got that way like whenever you're mm. you just convince yourself you just completely are giving yourself all of the pros to every situation like say you're it's the off season and your team loses a major player like they can't afford to pay him perhaps foreshadowing your favorite team yeah. who knows but say something like that were to happen do you just convince yourself like oh well well it doesn't even matter because this is why he was so bad for the team and this is Maddie. why he used that money and allocated elsewhere Maddie, to answer your question i think everybody should just listen to the last episode we recorded i okay. think i pretty much answered it there but yes you're right and you know what i think i I never find myself upset with the team, really. Actually, <laughs> except for in the case of in the case of Didi Gregorius when he moved from the Yankees to the Phillies. I don't even know if he still plays for the Phillies anymore. I should look into this. But he was my favorite player, number 18. He was the best. I loved him. I was so upset when the Yankees lost him. And now he's playing the World Series. So you just probably. think that, that that's what being a fan is? You just blindly believe in all decisions that your front office makes and you just hope for the best? You kind of close your eyes and, and jump feet first and, and you're... I mean, there is, Maddie, on this, I yes. I mean, you kind of have to because on this <laughs> very, this very, um, what's the word? Ast astro astronomy, stars, spiritual episode that we are having... You can't let things that are out of your control spiral you into the five stages of grief. You just have <laughs> to. You have to have this blind optimism because if not, you're just in a crippling depression. Is that is that what it is? I think I think so. I think okay. so. Okay. So all of that leads up to the fact that we are approaching the NFL trade deadline, Charlotte, and very relatable to me. We have a lot of very key trades that have occurred throughout this this trade period in the NFL this season. But one that really hits home is the Steelers just traded Chase Claypool to the Chicago Bears for a second round pick. Um I see my initial reaction was like how could they how could they change? When I saw that Maddie, when I saw that on the Adam Schefter Instagram post Right. I didn't send it to you because I assumed, A, you already knew, and B, I didn't want to upset you if that was something that we're going to upset my, you. My initial thought was, okay, so what? That that happened like four hours ago, probably. Did this come to, as a surprise? Because that su surprised me. Okay, so that had been floating around for a while on Steelers Twitter. It was like there, were, there had been quite a few teams who had shown interest in Claypool, but it almost got to a point where it seemed like those rumors had been put to bed and like, we're not entertaining that we're we're taking we're keeping the team we're keep we're not making personnel changes xyz but again this is all just hearsay this is like Steelers twitter this is right. people that hear things on the inside and they say their they, own yeah. sense about Fire. it whatever yeah but i i thought you know that 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 had been put to bed that that wasn't even something that was being entertained anymore right the first stage my, of <laughs> no, 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 no. But once second. I actually once I actually found out the news, my initial thought was like, oh my gosh, how could they trade Claypool? And then, okay, so it literally it starts as like shock, and then it's I don't even know what the five <laughs> stages of grief are. Let's, let's find out real quick. The five stages of grief. 
or five stages of trade deadline grief. The first because it's denial. Okay, yeah. So the first one is denial. So I don't know. I feel like my denial happens later, but here we go. Oh, your no, denial happened, happened before. No, it I, happened. I, I said my denial. Your denial uh, was when you're the opposite of denial. It's like so. It's just extreme acceptance. That's what it is. So so here we go. Okay, so we got. <laughs> We got, this is so funny. So denial. My first was literally just absolute shock. Like, no, we didn't, we didn't trade Chase Claypool or what'd we get for him? Okay. And then I was angry. I was like, well, we only got a second round pick. And then I went into bargaining. I was like, we could have gotten more than a second round pick for him. I think we could have had them throw in a late round, a six or a seven for this guy. That was literally my next reaction. And then depression. I think for a second, I was like, okay, well they're, they're trading Chase Claypool, but like, are they cleaning house? Why aren't they firing my Canada? <laughs> and then we pick up William Jackson and I'm like, okay, so, so we just got rid of Claypool and, and we're still adding the people. And I guess I'm in the depression phase. And then I reached acceptance or this extreme <laughs> false hope, blind optimism, whatever you want to call it. There you go. Uh, the five stages of great deadline grief. Truly. I don't, I don't think that I, as a Giants fan, have experienced this yet with or experiences at all with the loss of Canarius Tony. I think oh. I've just jumped right to acceptance for right. that. Which is fair. Which is, it happens so quickly. Like I said, this this trade happened earlier today. Oh, yes. this. But so then I have to go into some of the 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 things that I'm using to convince myself that this is the key to the Super Bowl. The Steelers are going to the Super Bowl because they made this decision to trade Chase Claypool. No. You heard it here first. (laughs) You heard it here first. No, no, no. But, okay. So I actually have gone back and forth. When Claypool got drafted, I was excited about it. And then he had this breakout 2020 season. He got four touchdowns against the Eagles. He just really came in as a powerhouse and it was mm-hmm. exciting to watch him. And he was fun off the field. You know, he was he was buddies with Juju. They both have the personality that's fun to watch as a fan on and off the field. And then last season was a bit of a, a drop off from the prior season. And then this season, the first time Kenny Pickett went in, he, he missed – uh, he was going up for a contested catch against like a five nine defender, and Chase Claypool's like six three or six four. He's a big guy, and we pretty much drafted mm-hmm. him to come down with the contested catches. And he not only didn't catch the ball, but also bounced off of him and ended up being an interception. So that was a bummer. But just last week, I was thinking, wow, I feel like Claypool has been correcting some of his his hiccups that I had been kind of frustrated with earlier in the season. He he got a pretty solid gain on on a run in Sunday's in Sunday's <laughs> Sunday's loss <laughs> to the Eagles but he he had this run and I I said to Austin and to my dad I said wow Claypool really fought for an extra 10 yards on that and I love that that grit and that just forcefulness and trying to do every single thing you can to make your team win so I was kind of on the Claypool train just this week but I've gone back and forth with him because the one thing that had always bothered me was, I don't know if it was last, I think it might have been last season, when they asked, the Steelers were kind of going through a rough patch, uh, as as is, has been the case the past couple mm-hmm. of years, and they asked them what they thought 
they needed to change. And Chase Claypool said in a post-game interview or something that, oh yeah, I think it would help if they uh, let us play music at practice. And that just became an instant meme because I mean, come on, that wasn't, that's not what they were asking. And then Tomlin was like, yeah, we're not going to be doing that. Goodbye. That, that was yes, no. <laughs> Uh, this is not a high school so team. I kind of felt like sometimes he said silly things that were just like, you're, clearly your focus isn't where I want it to be as a fan. And you could see kind of the immaturity there. And yeah. then there's now all these rumors that Claypool was a distraction in the locker room. And I don't know whether that means he was a distraction from the, the team's ultimate goal or if he was criticizing the offense, as many fans have been doing and many analysts have been doing. Okay. I don't know what they meant by distraction, but regardless, I think it's like onward and upward. This is the Steelers front office saw this. It's it's literally the same yeah. reaction I had to the Kenny Pickett draft. I mean, we had that whole episode, mm-hmm. and then it was like yeah. I went through all these stages, and I'm like, this is the best thing ever. He's going to be our Super Bowl quarterback. He's the best, and now I'm on board with it. So yeah. I think I'm kind of in the same boat, and yeah. I do like that we got at least a second round draft pick for him. I still think we could have gotten a little more, yeah. but um, it's going to be interesting, especially since the way that things are looking right now for the Steelers, we are probably going to have, I'd say three top 50 picks in the draft next year. So I just hope we yeah. can capitalize on those, but yeah. that's enough. That's enough for me with the Steelers trade. Charlotte, you want to talk about some of the other big names that have been shaken up this off season or, not this offseason, this season. This, this, this season. Yeah. I mean, Calvin Ridley's a big one. Calvin Ridley's going to Jacksonville. We also do you, have... Do you feel like the headline power on that one kind of was a little bit watered down just because it, he's not oh, okay. playing this season? You know, I, I feel like... See, I felt the opposite, you, though. I felt like that was a big deal, but... I guess. Like, I he's just not feel even like, playing. What do I care? I just feel like he's not... He's not going to be an immediate impact for Jacksonville. So I think that that's kind of why I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, like I don't have to really think about it yet. Right. He's still right. on that suspension. So right. I, it's kind of, I don't know. It's a later problem, I guess. Well, they got rid of James Robinson and he sent him to the big. Jets, which I think is going to be a very good get for the Jets. I think the Jets, kind of I think the Jets are going to be a sneaky playoff contender. I think they will be. And this AFC championship game, could it happen here in New Jersey, right in my backyard? <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? I got goosebumps when you said that. Oh, my god! I mean, listen, I'm not even a Jets fan, but honestly, I'm just a fan of good storylines at this point. I love it. And one storyline that's been pissing me off, Ooh. I- I'm pissed. Cam Akers. I drafted him high in the beginning of this fantasy draft season. A fantasy football season, rather. I'm pissed. This guy's been doing nothing for me. I also lost in a bludgeoning. I mean, I had a really great week before beating Maddie. That was fun for me. But then since then, Maddie, I have lost by about 100 points to Emily. And oh, my gosh. I lost Jamar Chase. I, I, I lost Njoku. I put in Herb Smith. Just found out he's toast. So I'm I'm doing some serious crumbling, crumbling serious at the dreams. Scenes. Joe Burrow had like the worst performance when oh I needed him. Oh my gosh, he really did. Like had his worst game all Maddie, season. I'm watching this football week. What I don't even know what week we're on anymore. Eight? But week eight, I'm. I couldn't. I couldn't focus. I was not into it. I was having a bad time in this cam. Ak- I'm. I'm waiting for t- trade deadline. Have you heard anything about cam makers? What's the deal? 
Do I keep I them on my bench? I don't know what the deal is, Charlotte. So also, I don't know if I'm supposed to be giving advice to my competitor in this league, <laughs> but what I will say nice. is, is something I said last week on the podcast was that I gave up on Russell Wilson. I ditched him. I picked up Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I backtracked. I ditched Trevor Lawrence and picked up Russell Wilson for the London game ahead of their matchup. And then I was like, I'm really going to be kicking myself if Trevor Lawrence performs better here. And thankfully, Russell did uh, outplay Trevor he Lawrence. Right. So yeah, and it was like right. the better call. And then Kenny Pickett didn't really have um, the best fantasy points. So I kind of made the best call for my quarterback struggles with Russell. So I'm riding the Russell wave once again. Mr. Unlimited. We'll see. We'll see if he can if he can really prove that for for himself. It was a Wolverine blood. Maddie, I I think the serious nightmare of the weekend was the fact that Emily, who I played against, had Alvin Kamara on her on her starting lineup. Yeah. 42.8 fantasy points. Maddie, what is the most that our league has seen? Who's put up the most fantasy points? So far this season. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but we can look at that. And we can report back next week. All right. Well, I'll do some digging. I'll do some digging. Charlotte, while well, you look for the who's <laughs> picked up the most fantasy points. I can't find it. I, I can't we find mentioned, it. I mentioned how the Calvin Ridley one, I think, wasn't – I don't know. It didn't, like sh- – not that it was – not that I was expecting it. It just didn't – it wasn't, like, as big of a deal right now because I feel like that impact isn't going to be felt until next season – but right. someone's impact, who someone who's making an impact right off the bat, someone who's absolutely killing it and making me very scared as someone who's not a huge 49ers fan is Christian McCaffrey. Oh my goodness. Are the 49ers, I've always looked at the 49ers, at least in the past couple of years, and especially this year, I've looked at the 49ers as a team with an average quarterback in Jimmy G, a team that, you know, is kind of always in like, just that position where they win enough games to make the playoffs, but, and maybe even like sneak their way into the NFC championship, Mm -hmm. but they're not actually a a genuine threat. And that's the way that I've looked at the 49ers for like the last five years. And I don't know if that's right or wrong, Mm -hmm. but I just haven't been really genuinely. uh, And they were in the Super Bowl like three years ago. I was was just about to say, Maddie, I have a rebuttal for this. No, no, no. I know that they're like, they're up there, but for some reason, I always look at them as a team that it's like, how, how did you end up here? Like, you don't deserve to be here. It's like a forgotten team. (laughs) No, and I'm not trying, I'm not trying to like attack the 49ers by any means. I just, I'm always kind of just confused by them making it so far into the postseason and into the NFC championship and to the Super Bowl. And then again, they haven't won a Super Bowl in, in a couple of years. So it's not like, yeah. it's not like I'm, I, you know, I'm not, they've gotten there, but you know, they haven't still right. the deal. So. And again, like I was saying last weekend, you can get to the playoffs, but if you don't win them. It doesn't really matter. Right. So I almost yeah. like, I see them as a team that gets to the playoffs and almost like has no business being there. Not that that's the case. That's like a bit dramatic, especially for a team that makes the Super Bowl. But I kind of thought that this season for them was going to be another one of those seasons where they make the postseason and knock out a super good team in the first round I thought they were going to get in on a wild card and knock out like the undefeated Eagles or something <laughs> I really thought yes. that was going to be the case but now the 49ers they, are actually starting to scare me and I'm like if this team continues with their pattern that they've had in recent history which is just getting there and getting into the postseason and getting into yeah. the NFC championship this team is genuinely terrifying with Christian McCaffrey now it's scary with Debo too, but I think he's hurt. So I don't know what his deal is. Oh, he's not expected to last long. Out. So he's got a hamstring going on. Wait a so, sec. And I will say, actually, this is a very interesting little fun tidbit. 
at work, I keep track on NFL Sunday of all the injuries throughout the league. And I will write them down and I'll put them on the ticker that you see in our halftime shows. And this weekend, and now don't quote me on numbers or anything. I'm not going to give a specific number because I have no idea off the top of my head. But there were very, there were much fewer injuries than I had seen in any week this season. Hmm, that's so, interesting. That's kind of a good little a little thing. Maybe that's it's because a couple teams are on a bye week and the no, even with the London game, there was only a couple there were like one or two in that game. But so maybe maybe things are turning around for the injury. I am being played by the injury bug and I'm Hopefully. pissed. I'm pissed, Maddie. Do you know what I'm saying about the 49ers? I feel like they're one of those teams that seems like everyone I feel like everyone's perception of them is that they're really good. And I don't know, I thought I was kind of just being a hater thinking that, that they're not as good as, as everyone makes them out to be. But to be fair, they actually haven't won a Super Bowl since 1995. So, Maddie, I don't disagree with you because I see where you're coming from. However, this team is this rich in history franchise, a primetime team. This team has always been on at 8 p.m. Whenever I turn yeah. my TV on at 8 o'clock, the 49ers are playing. They, they're in a good market. Big so fan they base. have a massive fan base, good for TV, football. So maybe, ooh, conspiracy theory, maybe because they're a primetime, 8 o'clock, massive market, big fan base team, they sneak along somehow. Maybe there's inner workings going on. <laughs> Puppeteering, Maddie. Most conspiracy theories now. No, oh, but seriously, <laughs> point where they have the point that you make about them having a big fan base and then being a primetime team. When I lived in Washington, which was Seahawks country, like this is Seattle. Right. These people love their Seahawks. Right. These are the 12s. There were so many 49ers fans around. It was so you weird. See, it was like, it's, it was right. like if, if they weren't, Seahawks fans, they were 49ers fans. And it's not like it was close. Like the whole state of Oregon was in between where Seattle plays yes. and where the Seahawks, or sorry, where Seattle plays and where the 49ers play. So shout out, shout out Oregon, shout out Portland, shout out the Portland Thorns. <laughs> right. And but, Brostools. Isn't that in Portland? Bra, uh, yeah, but that's how it's called Brostools. Oh, wait, what is it called? Oh, the sports bra. The sports bra. I was like, I probably just said pull up your bra stools. No, but thank you. Thank you, Charlotte. I think you make a good point about them being a primetime team. And I don't know. I don't know what it is about the 49ers, but they have some sort of magic going for them. And I don't know if it's good or bad. I don't know if I would be, if I would rather have my team not make the playoffs and get good draft picks and continuously, like, okay, would you rather root for a team that consistently is in the conversation is consistently making it to the playoffs mm-hmm. and losing in the NFC championship or losing in the Super Bowl or a team that doesn't even get there. So basically the Yankees, <laughs> my actual life that I live. I mean, I guess the answer, the I guess that's the answer. I think it's, that because I think it, I would as, root for the team. Right. At the very least, if you're going basic, simple answer is that you get more opportunities to watch them play because they get bonus games at the end of the year. True. But if you want to talk about storylines, the team that's down and out, when they do win, it is very much, it's much more It's cooler. Yeah. And it's also when a team has that stigma of being good, I think 
they sometimes get a little more teams want to beat them i feel like when you have the underdog teams come in and they're like oh we're playing the lions and we're playing the browns and then when they when they come in and they show up to play it's like it's true it's it happens (laughs) it happens in college i mean look at texas a&m and um what was the app state it happens it happens it does it happens well, right, Charlotte, we I think we might get a couple more last minute trade deadline. Yeah. Hopefully decisions. Cam Akers does something. I should call him. And <laughs> also, also, I don't know. I'm fingers crossed that they're making some personal changes to the coaching staff in Pittsburgh. Uh cough cough offensive coordinator Matt Canada. We'll see. But uh, there's a lot of I'm just frustrated. Of, I just a lot of piss. We know where we know that the Steelers are not going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> this season so why wait until the offseason to make a change I think you just start building now and just start looking ahead but start using this year's games to get better use the players that you have and try to build and try to figure out your problems sooner rather than later I think we've seen plenty in the first eight games of the season but bye week for me so you won't have as much Steelers content next week you guys because I'm on my bye week but I say it like as if I get a week off I'm like it's my bye week (laughs) I'm gonna go Spend time with the fam, you know, chill. <laughs> take, hey, Maddie, take some time off, right? Listen, it's, it's been, it's been tough. We got a Giants bye week and a Steelers bye week together, Charlotte. We do, we do. It's also, so. also Miami FSU week, so. Yeah, no. so we'll, we'll focus all our attention to that, and we have a Georgia-Tennessee game on Saturday Ooh. on CBS, so. Ooh, that's a good one. Okay, that's well, Charlotte. Game. Until next time, guys, enjoy the sports equinox. Have so much fun, you guys. We love you. (laughs) Bye.